Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Lunch Pill Guys podcast. I am your host, Wyatt, hosting alongside Lucas, Aiden, Bart, and Jared. Uh, in this episode, we're going to talk about our power rankings, our top 10 best teams in the NFL. And of course, Mike White. Who would have thought? But we're going to talk about him today. Uh, and before we get going into those topics, we're going to go through some news that we missed, which is going to be the Thursday Night Football score. This is going to come out. Uh, we're recording before the game actually happened. So the, the Bills and Patriots, if it ends up being a stunner and we look like idiots in some fashion, sorry, we actually haven't seen it yet. Josh Jacobs had an 86-yard touchdown run in overtime versus the Seahawks, which absolutely torched some fantasy football teams out there. He finished with like 40 PPR points or something like that, mm-hmm. which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, insane. But he's having a great I year know. for a guy in a, a career year after the Raiders declined his fifth-year option. Speaking of great, <laughs> mm-hmm. Jordan Love. Showed it out against the Eagles in his, his season de- debut. Um, who was right? Maybe me. I, I think that they should start him going forward. He had a touchdown pass. He, he threw a lot of great dots. He looked like a guy who has been learning a little bit. Great back shoulder to AJ Jones or Aaron Jones that ended up falling short. He didn't catch it. So, but you know what? He looks good. And of course, he looked excellent. Yeah, he really, did. really good. Um, and of course, the Cardinals lost on a buzzer beater against the. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Kyler Murray says schematically we're bleeped. You can imagine what he said. He said the F word. Oops. I actually only brought that up because of a very brutal graphic that they showed of Kyler Murray standing next to Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's the tallest quarterback in the league and Kyler Murray is the shortest. And it's just like he look. Kyler Murray looks like a little kid, not because he's small, but because he's, they took a picture with him without his pads on and the way he's standing. And it looks like, it's like a physical photo. I don't know. It's weird. Like it just, it's very brutal and it didn't pay him any, uh, it didn't do him any favors whatsoever. So <laughs> I just feel bad, you know, but it's great television, you know, go watch hard knocks. Anyway, we're going to do the power rankings, 10 best teams in, in the NFL. And we're going to start with me for the number one team. We're going to, we're going to stick with a team that should have had this prestige all along. It was never the Vikings. Whoa. It was really never the Eagles. It was never the Bills. It was always the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs are by far the best team in the NFL today, and they have been, but we've kind of been blinded by our, our love for, for standings and records and all that, and, and now it's finally the haziness is gone. The Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. No objections. Aiden, who is the second best team in the NFL? Yeah, I don't object to that. I have the Eagles at two, though. I still think the Eagles belong near the top. They've looked a little less dominant in recent weeks. They lost the Commanders, then came from behind to be a newly inspired Colts squad. The interim coach boost. Yeah, exactly. The head coach boost. Um, but, the, you know, as Wyatt mentioned, they staved off that Jordan Love-fueled comeback this week. Um, but mm-hmm. they're 10-1. and one. They're the best team in the NFC until proven otherwise. Jalen Hurts is still, I feel like, an active participant in the MVP race. You know, like against the Packers, he didn't have a super effective like passing night, but it didn't matter. They put up 40 points because he rushed for 150 yards. So 
I think it'll be interesting, though, the next couple of weeks because they play the Titans and Giants up next. And, you know, one kind of knock on the Eagles is that of the teams they've played so far, they only have three wins against teams over 500. You know, it's not their fault per se. Uh, but the Titans and Giants are both teams with good records who the Eagles should beat. So we'll see how that goes. Bart, who is the third best team in the NFL? I am going to make Jared happy. I'm going with the Cowboys. I think it's the Cowboys right now. They are looking real solid. They have five wins against teams over 500, which is the best in the league. And three of those came without Dak playing, which I think counts for something. They're five and one against teams over 500, which is wild. They are a very consistently good team. Second in net point differential, fifth in EPA. Um, I mean, look, I think people will point to the Packers loss as being weird and how they kind of blew it at the end. I think that's a blemish for sure, but like, I don't think that's their norm. I still think they're going to be a very good team in the playoffs. Michael Parsons defensively is playing like the defensive player of the year right now. Obviously, offensively, they're very strong, if not necessarily always consistent. Most of all, that dominant, dominant win against the Vikings still rings very clearly in my mind, and I think that has to count for something. So I like the Cowboys at three. Hate to say it, but I think you're right. Lucas, who is the fourth best team in the league? I'm going with the team from the AFC East, and I'm going with the Miami Dolphins. I think that... I'm not picking the Bills here. In my mind, it's between the Dolphins and the Bills. To me, I, we've said it on a podcast before. I'm just, I don't see it in the Bills. Like, even this week against the Lions, like, that's not a game that should have been that close. They scraped it out at the end. I realize Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are excellent, but I think the Dolphins are the more complete and dominant team, even though the stats don't seem to suggest that. I mean, in terms of, like, you know, defense, the Bills are far superior. But in the past few weeks, I don't, I don't trust the numbers. Uh, the Dolphins have just been thoroughly dominant. Um, they, the game was over by halftime against the Texans this past weekend. Um, they destroyed the Browns by 22 points the weekend. Or not the weekend previous, but the, the previous time they played two weekends before that. And I think that I, it's nothing to sneeze at that they haven't lost a game where two has played the whole game. Like I think if you have that complete team, they're undefeated. And so I will take the Dolphins at number four. Fair. Jared at five, who is the fifth best team? I'm picking this team more because I'm scared that it's, they're going to unfairly drop. But I also do think they're really good. It's the San Francisco 49ers. They've been playing really good. Their defense is absolutely elite. Far and away, the best, the best in the league in terms of yards per game. Also in points per game, they're number one. Yes, they might be limited with Jimmy G, but I think they've proven throughout the years that it, when he's healthy, they can win with him quite a bit. Um... And but but mostly because of their elite defense, they're being carried by that. So I'm gonna say the 49ers here at five. Jared, they wouldn't have gotten too far. I have the sixth pick that I was going to pick the San Francisco 49ers, but I'm gonna pick the Buffalo Bills. I know that we don't necessarily believe, at least we as in Lucas and I don't necessarily believe in them on the high end, but they do have a high ceiling. Stephon Diggs is still spectacular. Gabe Davis is a good number two. Devin Singletary seemed to have found some kind of burst in the running game, and Josh Allen still is a pretty good quarterback. So I'm not going to disrespect them to the point where it's like, I'm not going to pick them and they end up falling to like Jared's next pick at 10 or whatever. But yeah. um, you know, right now six is kind of like a mantle that like the Tennessee Titans have held in weeks past or the, or the Bengals have held in weeks past is not locked in as one of the best yeah. teams. So, you know, it's fair. I think <laughs> Aiden at seven, who is the seventh best team? Speaking of the Bengals, uh, yeah, that's who I've got at seven. They held on to beat the Titans this week. They've 
kind of quietly won five of six. And to be fair, that's it's against like a, a ragtag set of teams, the Saints, Falcons, Panthers, Steelers, and Titans, um, plus a loss to the Browns. So like, it's kind of hard to know what to make of it, but they did it all without Jamar Chase. And he'll be back this week in time for the Chiefs. Um, so yeah, Chiefs-Bengals this week will be fun, as will the 49ers-Dolphins game. I feel like those are two of the best games of the season so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I think it's exciting that the Bengals are returning to form because it's, it's fun when they're good. Mm-hmm. Also, in addition to Chase being out, they didn't have Mixon against the Titans either. I didn't even realize that. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. put up, like they did decently yeah. against a really good defense. Yeah. And they both should be back next week, I think. Bart, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I got the update that Jamar Chase is coming back, uh, so I think I think he'll I think they'll both be back next week, which is pretty cool. Not in time to save my fantasy season, <laughs> maybe in time for mine. <laughs> uh, Bart, who is the eighth best team? Um, at eight, I am going to go with my hometown Vikings. I I don't think that they deserve to drop much further than this, but I do understand <laughs> why they have fallen here. Uh, I mean, listen, I've said this literally like every time I've talked about them. They are overperforming. Like, yes, they are objectively not as good as their record shows. And yet their record is what it is. And also, I mentioned the Cowboys winning against teams over 500. The Vikes have four wins against teams over 500, which is tied for second best. And there's a metric called win strength, which is just like if you add up the number of wins by the teams that a team has beaten, the Vikes are second in that. So they are still like winning against good teams too. But yeah, I don't know. I still don't really know what to make of them. I do think it's impressive that they bounce back. They put up 33 against a really good Patriots defense on a short week after getting obliterated by the Cowboys. You could have seen them kind of slipping up and, and falling into a, you know, a slide where they lost a few. So I think that's impressive that they didn't do that. So I'm taking the Vikes at eight. What a fall from grace. Uh, Lucas, who is the ninth best team? I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. Um, I think that despite their loss to the Bengals this past week, the the record I know we we discredit records sometimes, but I think record at the end of the day matters. They're seven and four. They're first in the AFC South, and they've two of those losses are very close um, losses to teams on these rankings. They lost to the Bengals obviously this past weekend, close game, only lost by four. They lost in overtime by three to the Chiefs uh, back on November sixth. Um, their run defense is excellent. It's the third best in the whole NFL. They're winning games, and I think you have to give them some credit. We're getting into a kind of murky part of the rankings where I'm not sure if one team really stands out from the rest of the pack. Um, so I think you have to base pick based on record performance. And I think the Titans do that, even though you know seven and four, they could easily be nine and two with two of those wins being over teams on this list. In which case, they would be much higher. Uh, so for that reason, I'm picking the Titans at nine. And Jared, last but not least, who is the 10th best team in the league? I'm going to pick a team that I think has been pretty popular on this show, actually, this year. I'm going to go with the New York Jets. Uh, I think it was between the Jets or the Ravens. And the Ravens, when I picked them early in the season, I'd said I could give them a pass for all these leads that they're blowing. I'm not going to give them a pass anymore. It's definitely a problem. Losing to Jacksonville is definitely a problem. If you take away the Patriots, if the Jets just forfeited those games against the Patriots, they look like an elite team, like pretty good team. Add Mike White on there, who had a really good first game, uh, who we're going to talk about leading into this next segment, so I won't talk about too much. But their defense is like top five in the league. Passing defense, obviously led by Sauce Gardner, is amazing. I think this team actually does have quite a bit of good tools, and I'll put them ahead of the Ravens for now here at 10. 
It's good. It's good. Good segue, Jared. I, I was kind of hoping in the back of my mind that the Jets would end up getting picked. Um, <laughs> and they have been spectacular. At least they were last week when Mike White took the, retook the helm as quarterback. He revitalized his Lynn Sanity run with an impressive performance against the Bears. Three touchdowns, 315 yards, no interceptions. And within two minutes, they had scored more points than they scored the week before. How fantastic is that? <laughs> so, uh, Aiden, you're going to have to hold your tongue here as the Jets fan. I'm going to start with Bart. Bart, what do the Jets do at quarterback both the rest of this year and going forward? Yeah, uh, this is a tough situation for Jets fans. I don't, I don't envy them. For, like, first of all, Zach Wilson clearly is going to have a very big uphill battle regaining the trust and the respect of the locker room. Uh, and he's like, he's not even, he's not doing himself any favors right now. Like, uh, obviously, the no in the press conference was a big yikes. But then, like, there were reports of him standing away from teammates and like from the quarterbacks and quarterback coaches on the sidelines. There were reports of him leaving the locker room early while everybody else celebrated. Stuff like that is like. You should be doing the opposite of that if you want the starting job back. And I know Salas said that he thinks Wilson is fixable, that he needs a reset, that they're, you know, that Mike White's performance isn't going to change their plan for him. To me, those feel like empty words. I personally feel like Zach Wilson is not going to start again this season. Um, at the same time, I don't think people should read too much into Mike White's performance. I know you mentioned, Jared, how well he played, but it is one game, and it was against a very poor Bears defense. Last year, he started a few games. He threw five touchdowns against eight picks. He had that abomination of a game against the Bills where he threw four interceptions with no touchdowns. Uh, I mean, listen, maybe, maybe he actually just got like, you know, significantly better this offseason. We can't discount that. I want to see him play some more. But my point is that maybe he is just average. It's funny because compared to Zach Wilson, he might just look really good. But anyway, ultimately, I don't think either of those two guys are the answer long term. I think like with with an elite defense, with Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, this team has to find their guy this offseason. And so the name you've probably seen thrown around a lot, Jimmy G, I think it makes perfect sense. It makes too much sense even, right? Like the 49ers (laughs) have no reason to try to retain him if Lance is coming back. And he actually has looked better recently. Otherwise, I, I think it would make sense for them to maybe try to trade for a veteran like I don't know, Ryan Tannehill, Stafford, Derek Carr is a name I've seen. I wouldn't be mm. shocked mm. to see them try to draft or trade up aggressively and draft a quarterback like the Niners did. But uh, I don't know. Like all of these options have some downside. Uh, I think that Jimmy G is probably the most likely. But yeah, I don't know. Like I, I don't think it's embarrassing to say that Wilson might just not pan out and it's time to move on. Maybe it's too early to say that, but it also might be best for him to just go to a completely new place where his teammates actually like him again. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, it's a really BYU. tough situation. Yeah, exactly. Go back to school. <laughs> yeah. Transfer back. He did. The one place where he was successful in his life. Um, <laughs> successful is arbitrary. No, honestly, to- like I've been like looking a bit more into Zach Wilson's 2020 season. That was so good, right? And it's interesting because like it was the COVID season and BYU, who always plays a weird schedule as like an independent team, played a very weird easy schedule that year Um, and like Zach Wilson before 2020 was fine but if you look at his like sophomore season he threw 11 touchdowns nine interceptions 62 percent completion percentage you know 7.5 yards per attempt pretty pedestrian college quarterback numbers then had that wild breakout 2020 and in 2020 they didn't play a single power five team the best team they played was a good coastal Carolina team that they lost to and that Zach Wilson had his worst game of the season against They were held to 17 points. He had a touchdown and a pick. Um, And for comparison, you know, in 2019, when he wasn't as good, they faced 
three, I think four power five teams, USC, UW, Utah, who are all ranked and Tennessee. His stat lines in those games were not super impressive. Uh, so it, it does make you wonder about, you know, evaluating, you know, and we see obviously Zach Wilson has some wow moments and that's what I think kind of put us off, you know, what, what made it the seem like he should be a, a top, exactly a top five pick. Um, but like when he's faced real competition, he, there isn't a ton of evidence historically, at least that he's, you know, good. Um, sucks to realize that now and not two years ago. <laughs> but anyway. yeah. I mean, I like Jimmy G as an option. Cause I think like the team would be modeled around the way that the 49ers have often worked in ways that have, you know, helped them get to the Super Bowl and, or at least get to championship games. You have an elite defense. The Jets have that. You have really skilled playmakers um, at wide receiver, at running back. The Jets have that. And then you just put Jimmy G in to just sort of like manage the show, and he's really, really good at that. So I think like if the Jets were looking at a model for how Jimmy G can most effectively operate, like they kind of have it already um, in what they have. And if I'm Jimmy G and I'm you know going to fall behind Trey Lance going forward, and I look for somewhere where I know I can be successful based on where I've been successful in the past, I think the Jets provide a great option for that as well. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go for Jimmy G, why not just stick with Mike White? I don't really know if there's evidence that tells me that Mike White can't be the long-term guy. I know that so far he's only played three seasons with the Jets, so it's not like he's an eight-year backup. Even if he was, you know, you could convince yourself by looking at Geno Smith play that he has revitalized his career. Ryan Tannehill is a guy who was who who revitalized his career after a couple of years of, of poor production, and if Mike White finally starts getting first team reps with, and you put him in a system and you ask him to do some things and then you begin to expand on it and you really build this team around like the vision of Mike White as a quarterback. I can see a future where, where Mike White is the quarterback of them because, you know, and, and Richard Sherman said it on his podcast is if Zach Wilson put up the numbers that Mike White did, we would have convinced ourselves that Zach Wilson is on the right path to becoming a star. But now that because Mike White is the one doing it, because he is not a the number two overall pick in the draft, it's kind of like okay, like where where do we go for, here from? You know, where do we go next? And if you're not gonna go and try to sign, um, or make a push for like Lamar Jackson if he happens to become too mm-hmm. disgruntled with the Ravens, or see if you can maybe poach Aaron Rodgers off the Packers if they decide to stick with with Jordan Love or something like that. If you're gonna pivot to Jimmy Garoppolo. You, you might as well just try to see how far Mike White can take you because yeah. he, he plays well. And, and also this team in this offensive talent has been begging and waiting to be unlocked. I mean, clearly like Mike White steps in and, they th- and he throws three touchdowns, 315 yards. Elijah Moore wanted to be traded yeah. after his second year because he wasn't getting the ball and he didn't want to attach their wagon to Zach Wilson. You know, it, it's going to be smart for the Jets to move on, but clearly this team is ready to, to compete. The offensive talent is ready to win, and they don't even have Brees Hall. Imagine what another year if they stick with Mike White, maybe add another pick, and they have Brees Hall, and then what? And then Mikai Becton comes back possibly. Let's, I mean, I know that he hasn't exactly played, but what if he does? And then, and then what? And then how good can this team really be? Yeah, yeah. You see that Elijah Moore after the game said, "That's what happens when we play New York Jets football. That's real New York Jets football." Ooh. Oh man. Uh, but I mean the the nice. Thing about the fact this is not mid-season but we still have you know what six games left or something yeah is that mike white's gonna have a good trial here um and as bart mentioned he was shaky last year but he did have bright spots i think like there were three games where he played most of the game 
and one of them against the Bengals, which was a win <laughs> against the team that you know went to the Super Bowl for the AFC. He threw 400 yards and three touchdowns. Um, so he's shown at least flashes. He's worth investigating. Um, in terms of though, like if it's clear from this tryout that he's not the guy, um, like Jimmy G, I'd be open to. I'm I'm not convinced though that Jimmy G is actually gonna, you know, be moved on from by the 49ers. I feel like if the Niners how, like make it deep into the playoffs this year they look shit i understand we got what a game and you know less plus a you know one quarter of trey lance this year but they were shaky looking during that uh, and if they have success with jimmy g again at the helm i could see this turning into a kind of jordan love situation where he kind of hangs out for a while i don't know um but i guess jimmy g's a free agent and can make the decision on his own so maybe he won't want that kind of precarious situation um Besides that, though, you had mentioned Geno Smith, Wyatt, unrelated, but bring Geno Smith back to New York. Yeah, um, yeah right. <laughs> bring Geno uh, Smith and Sam yeah. Darnold back for a quarterback. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Reclaim the glory days. Um, but I feel like um, Jacoby Brissett's also always a good option. I feel like mm-hmm. he's underrated as a as a QB. He's definitely not like a like star or anywhere near elite QB, but I feel like he could be a good solid option that would be much better than a, a Zach Wilson or a, a Mike White if Mike White turns out to not really be the Jacoby Brissett is not better than Mike White. We don't know I, that I mean, yet. look. Jacoby Brissett is an extremely consistent and confident he is, NFL QB. But he's definitely, a, like, Mike White has upside. Jacoby Brissett does not. Yeah. And looking at the game log from, from last year from Mike White's four-game run, their defense gave up 45 points twice and then they gave a 54 out of the, out of the the three losses 45 45 54 how is he supposed to ever compete with that in any capacity <laughs> like he threw like he didn't have the obviously part of the 45 was also his four interception game but like this is really bad there's clearly like no help on this team and i just think i think that they could buy into mike white and again if they go for a bridge quarterback or in in the there's also there's no sign that Jimmy Garoppolo is better or that will be better or can do that. The the 49ers are uniquely set up in a way that they can, they can get and get the ball out of Jimmy Garoppolo's hands and, and move things around a little bit. And this, this is different. This is not the same offense, not the same play caller, mm-hmm. not the same amount of skill position players. Trent Williams is the best left tackle in football. And even if the Jets defense is really good, Nick Bosa is a fantastic edge. Um, you know, they like they have talent all over on, on the defensive side, and and the, again, the Jets do too. But it's it's so di- it's so different in San Francisco. They were they were the fifth ranked team on our power rankings just last segment. So I I think for for sure, without a doubt, Zach Wilson will never play again as a New York Jet. I think I can say that with confidence. Even if Robert Sala is saying all the right things, there's no question in my mind. Zach Zach Wilson can never come back as a New York Jet. The teammates do not like him. Um, he clearly is not a guy who is a team first a guy. He, he, and I know that we all laughed at the mom thing, but it also kind of seems like it's just like a weird situation with a guy who's now, <laughs> now it seems like he's a little weird. <laughs> so it's just like, uh-huh. you know, it's just, it, maybe he's weird and he's immature and he can't deal with it. And, you know, he can go and, and play for the Washington football team and they can see how that goes. But yeah, it's just, he'll never play another snap again. What about the Lions? What about what about Jared Goff? On the Jets. 
Yeah. Uh, why, why would? Yeah, I, don't, I just don't know. I'd rather I don't roll, know the, again, uh, rather roll like, the dice on that. No than one's Jimmy saying why at that Mike. Like they shouldn't take Mike White if Mike White shows that he's good over the course of multiple games. I just feel like we don't know that yet. And if it turns out that he's not, he said, then no, they okay. should be looking for something else, right? Because then otherwise you're stuck with Zach Wilson or That's Mike fair. White. But I would argue they had, they have to shoot higher than Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy G. They got to shoot for Rodgers. Jared Goff. Goff. <laughs> He's better. But I mean, Goff, you got to shoot Kyler higher. Murray. You got to shoot higher than a bridge. You can't go and get Tyrod Taylor and just be like, yep. <laughs> Kyler Murray. You know? his, yeah, his new contract. <laughs> Why not? He's unhappy. He's unhappy in Arizona. <laughs> Tom Brady. You know, we don't know what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> he's unhappy in Tampa Bay too exactly. get him out of there uh, well we're not unhappy over here on the Fail Guys podcast and hopefully neither are you that's going to do it for today's episode thank you as always for listening and we will see you all back for our next episode next week